Dang. That was really weird, man. What do you mean? <laughs> that whole, like, intro thing? Well, I, the the thing is we want to make sure that people no, no, can I get opt it. I into I the understand. conversation. Yeah, I understand. That's just hilarious. <laughs> yeah, so, <laughs> so, that's, so that's the interview feature of Anchor. Great, great Fucking first impression. Yeah, no, it's cool. Um, so thanks for doing this interview. So this is recording right now. So people will hear this at some point. Uh, it's not live or anything. Um, and if we really go off the rails, we can edit stuff out. So have no fear. Um, just kidding for anyone listening. I'm publishing this whole thing. Um, so look, for those of you listening, this is Chris Stang, co-founder and CEO of the infatuation, um, Stang, why don't you tell people what the infatuation is rather than rather than me do it and get it wrong? Uh, oh, man, what is now, the infatuation? Now I really am, now I really am on the spot. <laughs> uh, <laughs> the infatuation is a uh, restaurant. It's like the world's greatest dining guide. So it's a website. It's an app. Um, it is a an SMS recommendation service, all designed to help you find restaurants for the perfect occasion i.e. who you're with, uh, rather than maybe something like who the chef at a restaurant is. So situational recommendations. Awesome. Now, I, I figured when I was like preparing for this interview over the last literally five minutes after I texted you, um, I was thinking we could so do diligent. like a very – what's that? So you're so diligent. Five minutes I, worth I of prep. I like it. <laughs> five, five minutes. I was thinking I, we could do the classic sort of tell us the, tell us the story of the infatuation, but I feel like that's been done. Like you could find, you could find the story of the infatuation pretty easily. You could find the history. What, what I thought we would do here is I feel, I feel very, very lucky. You and I have been friends for a long time now. We've known each other for like 10 years and I, I have the ability to just text you or call you at any time and ask you some random question about food, even though I could just as easily go to the website. I feel like I have unprecedented access so, you, you do, but but at the same time, we have an entire service based around this so that everyone can have that same access. I, I was getting, I was going to actually mention that. I was going to, I was going to oh, give you an opening for the Texrex plug. What is Texrex? How does that replicate my ability to text you at any time? So it's exactly what you just mentioned. We 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 basically felt like people should be able to almost like search our database on demand via text. So the idea that you have a friend that's really knowledgeable about restaurants. You can just text whenever you want and sort of say, here's what I'm looking for, here's who I'm with, here's where I'm going to be, and then get suggestions. Like, we felt very, very strongly that we could, we could do that for people based on all this, you know, content, meaning thousands of, of reviews and guides that we've written over the years and also just, uh, you know, a little bit of technology that we could develop in order to sort of query that content. So, Basically, you can sign up for it on our website, and then uh, you can just text us. And when you text us, you're actually texting, like you're getting responses from a real person. So we have a team of people that we've trained who basically sit there and respond to our audience as they text us for restaurant recommendations. So real person, they will take your sort of uh, situational needs into account and then suggest restaurants to you all just over your regular text message. And and the craziest thing is it actually works. Like it's using it, it is almost crazier than learning about it. Like you hear about it and I think like you just expect that there's gonna be some sort of catch and there's not. It just works. 
Yeah, and it's great for us, too, because it helps us understand what people like and the rest of the audience are actually looking for. So we can, it's, it's sort of like this perfect symbiotic relationship where we can provide a service to people, but at the same time, it's good for us to know, like, what are people looking for? What problems are they having a hard time solving? Like, for example, we noticed a bunch of people were looking for, we get a lot of texts about people who wanted to make a reservation for brunch. Um, and we kind of, like, realized as that was happening over and over again, we, we were like, that's interesting because how would you, like, without this service, like, how would you find that information? You'd probably try and Google something, but you just wasn't, we just found that people were texting us with questions that they couldn't easily find answers to in their own sort of process of search and discovery. So it's, uh, you know, it works. We, we, we put a lot of effort and energy into making sure it works whenever you want, at least within the hours of operation, which is 8.30 in the morning until 11 at night. But, uh, but yeah, there's always someone there to respond and ideally respond quickly and ideally respond with uh, a good suggestion that you can act on. Awesome. All right. So before I get into the, the, the quick fire questions I prepared for you, um, I was thinking one other cool thing we could do quickly is, so you and I hung out today and I feel like we had like an awesome New York city summer day. We had a good meal. We had a drink. We got great coffee. Why, I was thinking like really quickly, we could just like talk people through the places we went to eat and drink because it was just like, it, I think if people replicated what we did today, it'd be like the perfect Sunday in New York city in the summer. Yeah, it was great. So we did, so we had, let's talk about the, the Mike Vignano sort of situational consideration. So <laughs> coming in from Hoboken, wanted to be near a path station, coming with his nine month old daughter, uh, you know, <laughs> afternoon, sort of around like, you know, peak brunch time, like 12, I think 1230 we met. So, you know, there's some things we got to navigate there because definitely, you know, brunch time can be a, a shit show. You know, there's lots of lots of things we got to work through. So we had J.G. Mellon awesome uh, on McDougal Street. There's there's one on the originals on the Upper East Side, but there's one on McDougal Street in Greenwich Village now. Uh, excellent, like legendary classic burger place. Uh, the reason I picked that place was, A, I figured it wouldn't be too crazy um, just because it's kind of a limited menu and like the sort of like basic bottomless brunch crowd won't hit it because it's just like basically burgers and some beers. There's not. And it know, was empty. It, right. So it was empty. And there's also outdoor space, which I thought would be nice. And it felt like a place where you could bring your daughter and people would be like, no one's going to like sneer at you for having a, even a very well-behaved baby at, uh, at brunch. So we got lucky cause it was empty and it worked out perfect. It was great. So then we had, we had a nice burger, and then we felt like we wanted to get another beer. So we went to around the corner from there is a place called the Half Pint, which is a great sort of craft beer bar with a really good beer selection. And they have a couple outdoor tables or like even like it's almost like chairs and then some sort of shelving so you can like set your beers yeah. there. It was just like um, a shelf under the window. It was great. Yeah, great. Super laid back, super chill, <laughs> great beers. And then uh, Mike – Actually, Mike showed me the birthplace of Anchor, uh, the Lock right. Alone on 8th Street. No, 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 we no, no, no. not Lock Alone. Not Lock Alone. Oh, sorry. Oh, yeah, you're right. Stumptown, my bad. Yeah, all good. Stumptown, Stumptown on 8th Street. My favorite Stumptown. Yeah. My favorite they, coffee. They don't, have, they don't have the plaque commemorating the creation of Anchor at the location <laughs> yet, but I'm sure it'll go up soon. 
one day. They probably have like they probably have some of the IP as well because we were in there. Yeah, they, they're probably <laughs> they probably rightfully own fifty percent of the company. <laughs> right. Yeah, and so it was awesome. So it was a great day. Okay, so I've got I've got random questions, and I I, I kind of want to put you on the spot a little bit. Um, I kind of want to see if I can freeze you up, but uh, well, let, let's just let's just see what happens. So these are just a bunch of sort let's of quick fire it. things. Um, I, I figure like I tried to go for questions that had real answers and could provide some value to people, but also that like you don't have a guide for. Um, so some of these might sure. be obvious some of them might not be let's just get into it all right so number one best crappy egg sandwich in new york city like you know your classic just like bacon egg and cheese on a roll like what's your go-to so that that's like the 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 best part of this question is the tricky part because there's lots of crappy egg sandwiches right um and i think the best eggs the best crappy egg sandwich is always the one nearest to you because (laughs) that's kind of what it is Right. So my my crappy but excellent egg sandwich is from a place called the Bagel Works, which is kind of near my apartment, on like 67th and First, and it's so good and so crappy. It's basically like <laughs> eggs and American cheese on a bagel, and that's it. That's great. That's awesome. All right, great answer. All right, best slice of pizza outside of New York City, and it has to be a slice. So it can't be like one of these like you know these fancy pies. Like it like uh, sure. Flour and water in San Francisco doesn't qualify. Yeah, yeah, okay. Uh, that's got to be um, Pizzerium by Bonsi in Rome. All right. Which is like these dudes that I mean, Rome's outside of the city, right? Yeah. Uh, yes. Yeah. Were you looking for like Were you looking for like the tri Were you looking for like the tri-state area or No, no, no. Anything. A- any slice of okay, pizza cool, outside yeah. of so, New York City. Yeah, Pizzerium in Rome. It's like right near the Vatican. It is, uh, I mean, these guys are like legit chefs doing pizza, but it's really good. And they, so it's like they have this huge counter with just like tons of pizza with all kinds of crazy stuff on it. And they actually cut it with scissors into kind of squares. And you stand outside and it's amazing. One of my favorite That's things amazing. to eat any, anywhere, but also one of my favorite things to eat in Rome. I need to get there. Um, all right. So I, I'm assuming if I said to you, or maybe not actually, I was going to say like I'm assuming – if I said to you, what is the, if you could only eat in one city again for the rest of your life, what would it be? I, I'm assuming you would say New York, but maybe not. So let's just say New York no. is off the table. Paris is off the table. Uh, maybe let's take Rome off the table too. Cool. London. London. Why? London, right? Especially, well, especially right now. I mean, recently, it's always been a good food city. But in the last, let's call it five to seven years, it's become a phenomenally good food city. And I think that even more so than than New York right now, there is like such a diversity of food that you can get, right? From highbrow to lowbrow, from like classic English stuff to, I mean, there's amazing Turkish food. There's obviously amazing Indian food. There's amazing Chinese food. Like they have literally some of the best everything you could want at least right now so we've been spending a lot of time over there i've kind of been there like once a month for the last few months lately and every time i go back i find a new favorite restaurant awesome. and it's just you know there's a like there's a place called palomar in soho that's this israeli restaurant but like you walk in there and for some reason it just has this vibe that makes you want to just like 
drink a lot and eat a lot and have the best night of your life. Like all the people behind the bar, like the staff are like drink, taking shots and like fucking dancing and, you know, writing stuff on your menu, telling you what to order. So go, go there when you go to London, but that's my answer. Got it. Um, all right. So you and I, we have eaten many, many bowls of pasta. Sometimes a couple nights, too, too many bowls of pasta. You actually coined the term pasta sweats. <laughs> I, I mean, I think I could have, we could have ended up in the hospital. You coined that, nights. you coined that term, pasta sweats, <laughs> your word. Does anyone else in the world say it though? I mean, I feel like I keep hearing it. I think you started something. <laughs> Good to know. All right. So what's the best bowl of pasta? Not, sorry, not what is the best bowl of pasta. Where, where can you get the best bowl of pasta in the world? And any type of pasta. It could be oh, Italian. Man. It could, you know, like, there are a lot of places that could fit into this. We were talking I mean, the about answers, Rolf the and answers, Daughters. The, the answer is obviously, yeah, I was going to say the answer is obviously Italy, but there's. No, but there's like, there's like a restaurant. You know, yeah. I mean, like, I went, I can't remember. Like, if you go to Piedmont, there is, especially if you go to Piedmont in the fall when truffles are in season, you have a, you'll have a really hard time eating better pasta than you can eat in Piedmont in the fall. What is and the even restaurant, like, though? So like, yeah, there's a place called um, there's a place called Guido, and there's a hotel in Piedmont called the Rely San Maurizio, and it's this like the cool, like I think it was an old like farmhouse from the 1600s. They turned into sort of a nice hotel, and then under it is are these wine caves, and the restaurants in the wine cave. And uh, we were there last year in October, and had one of the best meals I've ever had in my life. They they do this pasta in um, in in northern Italy and specifically Piedmont um, called Plin. It's like agnolotti, so it's like little kind of like stuffed squares of pasta, and they stuff it with all kinds of stuff, but like things like rabbit or you know all kinds of things. And that place, that pasta was incredible. And they also do tyrene, which is like an egg pasta that they'll just like shave a bunch of truffles on. And when we were there, my wife and I were there, and we were basically like, I'm not sure how we're going to eat pasta in the United States ever again. Because <laughs> it was that good. But we, don't worry, we figured out how to eat pasta in the United States. And you, just, <laughs> you, just, you just do it. You just, you just, you just, do, you just it. do it. Yeah. But All Rolf right. and Daughters in Nashville is a, is a sort of like surprising answer to that question because you don't think of maybe like Nashville – good pasta, but amazing, beautiful restaurant in Nashville in Germantown, Wolf and Daughters. Place you can blew attest my mind. That, that place yeah, we, is amazing. We were there a week ago, and it was it was incredible. It like we were all floored. Definitely not. Expecting. Did they have one of the pastas? Did they have like the ravioli stuff with like sweet corn? Hold on, maybe hey, too early. Ravioli with sweet corn at Rolf and Daughters. The Agnolotti? Agno, was it an Agnolotti, actually? Probably. Kind of like the I, I, I think they did have that, actually. Yeah, it, it's yeah. kind of like what they had. So we, you and I used to be obsessed with this Agnolotti at Perla, and they replaced it at the original Perla, and they replaced it with yeah. like a corn Agnolotti. I don't know if you ever had that. It was right before they mm-hmm. moved. Um, and that's very similar mm-hmm. to what we had at Rolf and Daughters last week, which is incredible. No, they had we had this pasta there that, like, I don't even remember what it was called, but it was almost like uh it kind of looked like a string bean. It was like rolled very, very thin and the ends came to like points. They told us that it took I think it's like a cascareche or something like that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I'm something just, like I'm just making up words. 
No, it is something like that, but uh, yeah, I think it's Cascarece. Yeah, that was whoever. All these, anyway. If you're Italian what? and you're listening, try to pronounce. So if you're Italian <laughs> and listening to me, try to pronounce these, these names of pastas. My 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 great sincere apologies. <laughs> All right, we got a few more quick ones. If you could drink one bottle of wine for the rest of your life, what would it be? Oh man, that is a really, really hard question. I uh, I would say I would probably drink some sort of like old Barbaresco. Okay. I've been getting really, I've been getting, I'm really into Italian wines, and I drank a, drank an old like 1995 Barbaresco the other night. That was one of the best bottles of wine I've ever had. Whoa, 95. Mhm. It's wow. actually, you know, like. You gotta like know where to look, but you can find some somewhat reasonably priced old bottles of wine from like you know the nineties if you know how to do it. But yeah, I like old wine, so I sound like that's literally probably the most obnoxious thing anyone's ever said <laughs> on the recording, but but it's true. <laughs> All right, if you could drink one type of beer for the rest of your life, what would it be? And you could either mention just a mm-hmm. like a style or a brand, whatever. I'm like uh, I'm a big fan of those sort of like really citrusy IPAs. Kind of like we had one of those today. I wasn't that one today we had wasn't my wasn't my absolute favorite because it was a little too much like pure orange juice. But yeah, um, I like citrusy IPAs. I love um, there's actually the Green Point, Green Point Brewery here in Brooklyn, which is small and not really um, all that well known yet. They make some of the best beers I've ever had. And I don't, they make really small releases, so I can't even remember the exact names of some of them, but if you happen to be able to get your hands on some of their beers, you should try cause they're phenomenally good. All right. Blue Hill at Stone Barns or French Laundry. Blue Hill at Stone Barn. No question. Over, over French. Really? Wow. Okay. I'm surprised. I actually yeah. thought you were going to go French Laundry. Well, I mean, we had an amazing meal there together. So there's, yeah, that that is to be considered. But I've just been to, I've been to Blue Hill Stone Barns a bunch of times, and I've, it's never ever been anything but exceptional. So just for the sake of consistency. Okay. Now here's one that you're you're allowed to skip if you want because I don't want you to I don't want you to have to throw a meal under the bus if you don't want to. But what was the biggest letdown meal of your life? So you're walking into a meal, you're assuming it's going to be like the greatest thing ever, and it's actually the complete opposite. Oh, per se, for sure. Oh, right, right, yeah. People, for the people listening, you should read Stang's review of per se, because I think you described the story in there, right? Yeah, there's a story, but that's actually not the only, that's not the only reason why. It was, I, I've been there a couple times, and, like, it just, you know, it just never, to me, it never lived up to the reputation that it had, and I think even, you know, it's it's sort of been beaten up lately, and I think even Thomas Keller kind of admitted that maybe it's not what it should be, and... I don't know, but that was that was definitely the one where I was like walking into it, being like, "This is gonna be a top five meal," and it was definitely not. Right. All right, and here's the last one. So, have you been there? So my wife. What's that? I, yeah, have I've you been, been to person? I've been a person once. We had a good meal, although it was. Did you have a I great was, meal? No, no, no. That's what I was gonna say. It was a yeah, good meal. It exactly. wasn't a great meal, and it was way more expensive than Blue Hill. It was more expensive than Frank. It was. It was easily the most expensive meal we've ever had, and it wasn't that good. Yeah, you could have you could have bought a Vespa instead. Yeah, yep, could have bought a Vespa, like a very old Vespa, but a Vespa yeah. nonetheless. Vintage. Yeah. Um, all right. So my wife is in the room. Ca- Carrie's in the room with me, so she can't hear what you're saying. Um, but everyone listening is going to be able to hear this. It's our anniversary next Sunday. 
I have a couple of places in mind that I'm thinking about taking her to. I've got a reservation on hold that I won't mention. But is there some place that's not obvious that you think I should take her to for our anniversary? Yeah. Next week. So, so yeah, and it's only not obvious because it just opened. It will be obvious relatively soon. So I just went on Friday night to the Grill, which is the – so there was a restaurant here in New York called the Four Seasons, like famous, famous, famous restaurant. It's been around for a really long time. Uh, kind of best known for being like a place where people had these like legendary power lunches. Um, and it closed over like a sort of weird landlord dispute. And the guys who, uh, major food group who owns Carbone and Santina and, yep. uh, you know, all those restaurants, they took it over. And, they, you know, they didn't change all that much, but it's, uh, it's really, really cool. It's basically like sitting down, like you'll know, you'll feel like Don Draper, but with morals, like it's literally like the most amazing, like it, it's like walking through, you know, a war, like a time warp back to, you know, the fifties or sixties. And you just kind of want to like sit there and smoke a cigarette and eat a steak, but it's a beautiful room. It, food's really good. It just has one of the, it just has a vibe and it's like a, just really fun and and awesome so i would i would definitely consider that and you can actually like res- i just picked up a reservation i'm going to go back in a couple weeks and it's like a 6 30 you can usually find like a 6 30 or a 9 30 right now on on open table and either one you know take either one it's just, not say, the, it's say not, the name one more time it's just called the grill okay got it got it that's what i thought but oh. i didn't want to i didn't want to say it out loud yeah, all right, exactly. this has been all. That's all I got, and you you handled these questions very well, as I expected you to. I mean, if listen, dude, like if I can't do this, I don't really know what I'm doing. <laughs> Let's be honest. That's that's fair. Uh, anything else you want to say? Nah, man. Happy anniversary. That's it. Thanks, man. Thank you. And awesome day today. Yeah, we killed it. We're good at yeah, that. We're yeah. good at hanging out and drinking beer. <laughs> with with a, with a nine month old. Yeah, I'll keep growing my beard out, too, just in case Juliet, if I see her again, she'll be psyched about it. So. All right. Cool. All right. Well, thanks, Stang, and uh, I will talk to you very soon, I'm sure. All right, man. See ya. Everyone, check out The Infatuation, theinfatuation.com, The Infatuation in the App Store, Google Play, Tex Rex. Do it. Later. All right. See you, dude.